How's everybody doing today? Everybody smile. Everyone do this. <laughs> have a question. Is anybody in any of our campuses, we have campuses in San Marcos, City Heights, San Ysidro, El Cajon, has anybody come this morning thinking they're going to see Philip Rivers? <laughs> Fabulous. You got it. It's at 6 o'clock tonight. Amen. I hope you didn't come. Oh, he, that's not Philip Rivers. <laughs> anyway, let's all stand up. Let's all stand up. few things I want to say before I pray. Um, uh, two members of our family, Steve and Christina McDonald, lost their baby uh, this week. He was born uh, Wednesday and passed away yesterday. Uh, Maverick Lazarus. Um, he's with the Lord. And I just want to thank the family, uh, our church family in San Isidro, for supporting them, being around them 24-7 in the lobby at Mary Birch Hospital all day and night praying for them. And uh, we're praying for you, Steve and Christina, and little Mavericks with the Lord. He's doing great. Uh, and we're praying that God will comfort you through this uh, horrible situation. But he, we know he's going to get you through. Let's give them a hand. God bless y'all. And let's just real quick just pray for them specifically. Lord, we just pray for the McDonald family, um, all the relatives, mom and dad. And we just pray you comfort them through this. Um, Lord, weeping may endure for a night or two, or three, but joy comes in the morning. So we pray that you would give them that hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we had an amazing men's conference yesterday. How many guys were there? Let's give a hand to all the guys. Amen. Um, we had altar call from here all the way up the aisles, and I want to challenge all you ladies, if your man went there, that you look him in the eye and ask him what commitment he made. And if he wasn't there, ask him what commitment he's going to make. Uh, but I want to thank uh, Pastor Ronnie and all the team that put that on. It was a great event. Uh, God did an amazing thing in that, in that event. Um, sadly, this past week, uh, we had to transition 20 of our uh, staff members off staff. We had to lay off 20 people for our staff. And I appreciate you praying for their families um, as they have a transition in their life. Uh, just due to our financial situation, as I'll continue to ask you, as I've been for the last month, uh, to remember our finances. Uh, we've had this million-dollar goal for May and June, and I want to ask you to be praying for that, how God is going to use you in getting us to that million-dollar goal over and above what our normal giving is, um, so we can continue to do ministry. Amen? Amen. Let's get on our knees. Stand up, get on your knees, sit down, let's go. Exercise. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Through all the unexpected turns of our life. And Lord, I pray specifically today in this message that you would encourage us in all the unexpected turns in our life. As we continue this series um, to men, and I know the message will speak to all of us, but I pray you encourage us strengthen us, further equip us to deal with the fear in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, God's going to speak to you today. Everybody doing good today? If you are not doing good today, say amen. Okay, let's try that one more time. If you got a little burden in your life, say amen. amen. Okay, this is the right place for you to be. Let's see your Bibles. Let's see your Bibles on the count of three. Say word. One, two, three. Say word. word. Turn to Esther chapter 8. Esther chapter 8. 
And then we're going to go to 1 Samuel after that, Esther chapter 8. It is very important that when you do come to church, more than anything, you bring to the surface what you want God to minister in your life. Um, Often when people come to church, and this is one of the criticisms of Christians, is that we act like we're perfect and we're good. We come to church, put on a church face, church clothes, everything. Hey, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And nothing wrong with being happy, but, but at least say, God, I got this issue I got to deal with. I got a burden. And bring it and say, God, please speak to this. Everyone can say, God, speak to this. Because when I'm praying for a message, I'm praying that God would give me something to speak to you. And not just to tell you what you want to hear, but to tell you what you need to hear in a way you need to hear it. Can I get Amen. And so come to church every week saying, man, God, can, can, can you work on this in my life? Whether it be a burden you're carrying or something you need God to change in your life or a bad habit you have or something you need to get right. And be real with God. And, and, and so when this Holy Spirit speaks, boom, he's going to make the change in your life. I want to start off today by telling you a little devotional from the book of Esther. And then I'll get into my message, which is from 1 Samuel. Um, we did a sermon, I did a sermon on Esther a few weeks ago, and while I was reading through the book, God showed something to me that I wanted to share with you. And in the book of Esther, King Xerxes um, asked his queen to come to a party so he could show her off, and she said no, and he dequeened her. And he found a new queen named Esther. She won the beauty contest, and she became his queen. Esther was a Jew in the Persian culture, and Esther did not tell the king she was a Jew. Make a long story short, the king was tricked into signing a decree to kill all the Jews. And Esther's cousin said to Esther, do you know that the king signed this decree that we are all going to die? So you need to go confront him and tell him. And she's like, I can't if I go. And he didn't call me in. I could die and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, she goes up and she ends up convincing the king, you, you signed this decree to kill my people. And the king said, oh, I, I didn't mean, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were Jew. You know, I'm kind of reading in between the lines and we need to fix it. And, but the king said, because the law of the Medes and Persians is that if I sign something, it cannot be revoked. I can't take it away. So the only thing I could do is sign another decree to cancel out, not cancel, but empower you to fight against the first decree. In other words... The, the, the problem is going to come, but I'm going to empower you to face the problem. Look what it says in chapter 8, verse 8. Chapter 8, verse 8, it says. He says, basically, paraphrase, Esther, I can't cancel the first decree, but here's what you can do. You yourselves write another decree concerning the Jews, however you want, however you please, in the king's name and seal it with the king's ring. For whatever is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's ring, no one can provoke. And so what he did is his, the first, the first decree was they're gonna come and kill you. I can't cancel that, but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna empower you to fight against the people who are gonna come against you. Say amen if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, let me say it this way. Sometimes when, when a hard decision is coming in your life or a trial or a confrontation, or you're going to have to uh, face a difficult situation. We pray to God, God, please remove the situation. And God says, I'm not going to remove it. I'm going to empower you to confront it. Listen to what I'm saying. 
A lot of y'all have situations in your life that you're praying God remove. Lord, I can't handle it. It's going to be too difficult. It's going to be too painful. And God's answer to you could be, okay, I'll remove it. Or his answer to you is going to be this. I'm not going to remove it. You're going to have to deal with it. But what I can do is empower you to deal with it. Same minute if you know what I'm talking about. How many of y'all got something like that in your life? Raise your hand, okay? Very good. So here's, what, here's, what, here's my encouragement to you. As you face this situation, it's a, it's a conversation, it's a financial situation, it's a breakup, it's a hard decision, and you're like, God, please take this, this situation out of my life because I don't want to deal with it. It's scary. God says, nope. I want to empower you to go deal with it. So today I want to talk about stepping into your fear. Today I want to talk about looking at this situation and saying, I'm not going to run from it. I'm going to grow from it. And I'm going to take it head on. And God is going to do something in my life. Here's the thing you need to know. God is going to do something in your life if you confront it. If you run from it, the devil's going to get in your head and say you failed. The problem's not going away. It's going to get worse. But if you say, Lord, I'm going to face my fear. And I'm going to face this challenge, and I'm going to look at it dead in my eyes. Now, if you look in your notes, fear is false expectation appearing real. False expectation. Everyone say false expectation appearing real. Uh, sometimes I wake up full of fear. Anybody identify with that? You wake up, and you have this little voice saying, Today's not going to be good. You have a burden bigger than you can handle. You're failing in your life. That person is going to destroy you. Whatever this voice, by the way, it's not the voice of God, it's the voice of the devil. You have not been given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of sonship by which you call Abba Father. The Holy Spirit says you are God's son, God's daughter, God loves you. The devil and his demons and the spirit of fear says there is something going to happen really bad in your life that is going to destroy you. And you have this negative reaction to it that paralyzes you, that fills you with anxiety. Say amen if you know what I'm talking about. There needs to be a battle against that. You need to face it. It's one thing to say, Lord, just take it away. Another thing to say, Lord, I am going to confront that fear, and I'm going to confront it on a spiritual level. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Everyone say thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, say peace of God. Say peace of God. Which surpasses all understanding with God, your hearts and minds. In other words, that when you're in this sense of fear, the Bible says be anxious for nothing. Ugh, something's going to happen, something's going to happen. He says, no, don't let anything cause you to do that. But with everything, with thanksgiving. In other words, God, I don't know what's going on. This is scary. It's over my head. But I thank you. Say thank you. I thank you for what you have done. I thank you for what you're going to do. Let's deal with it. This is what I'm talking about. Another, another, another verse, Matthew chapter 10, verse 28 says, Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Who is that? God. God, I'm not going to be scared of you. I'm going to respect you. That's the fear. The devil wants you to be scared of him. He wants you to be scared of his threats. And if you don't do what he says, he's going to destroy your life, so you end up compromising your faith. God says, don't worry about that fool. He can't send you to hell. 
You fear me. What does that mean? God, I will do whatever you want, even though it's uncomfortable. Do you know that walking with God is hard sometimes? Does this resonate with any of y'all? Okay, very good. Don't fear, man. You got people in your life threatening you? They can't send you to hell. It's only a perception. If you remember, all throughout your life, you've had things that were going to happen in your life that you were so convinced would destroy your life. And then they happened and nothing happened. It was all hype. I'm going to lose my job. That person's going to break up with me. I'm going to be, I'm never going to fall in love. I'm never going to be happy in my life. God says, who told you that? The devil? The devil? He says, don't fear, man. Hebrews 13, 5 says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. Everyone say, be content. Can you imagine if you could just be content with what you have? Instead of thinking you need more, more, more. And the devil says, if you don't do what I say, I'm not going to give you the more. And if you don't get the more, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to be valued. You're not going to be important. You're going to be a nothing. And you get all worked up and fear and all. And God says, shut up. <laughs> just say, thank you, God. My wife and I, watching, I was watching TV this morning before I came to church and, and Batman died, Adam West. A lot of y'all don't know Adam West because y'all are into the dark night and all of the, the, that kind of thing. And they were showing old Batman clips on television. And it was like blurry. It, was, it wasn't HD. It wasn't ADD. It was just, you could barely see it. And I said, do you, do you remember, do you remember back then? That that's what it really looked like? We didn't know any better. You could barely, it was like you were underwater looking at fuzz. <laughs> the devil's always saying, you gotta have that. He said, just be content with what you have. We didn't know any better. We were so happy to have TV. I remember having black and white TV. I remember getting color. Whoa. It was blurry color, but it was color. <laughs> be content with what you have. Look what it says. It says, I will, this is what Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Everyone say that with me. I what can man do to me? You need to be reminded. So I want you to get your phone out, or, or a matter of fact, look in your notes. I want to give you two things to do. In your fear, God is telling you, you are going to have to deal with this situation. You're going to have to deal with your alcoholism. You're going to have to deal with your, your adulterous affair. You're going to have to confess. You're going to have to deal with your addiction, your pornography addiction. You're going to have to deal with your cheating and your money, lying, cheating, and stealing. And God is saying, no, I want you to deal with this. You're going to have to deal with your hypocrisy in your, in your faith. You have to deal with this. Stop running from it. And you're like, I, you're scared. Two things I just want you to, to, to write down and remember. Number one, proclaim the victory of God in your life. It's a spirit of fear. There's a little voice in your head saying, this is going to happen. Your life is going to be destroyed. You are nothing. You're ugly. You're fat. You're dumb. You're a failure. How do you deal with that? You proclaim the victory of God in your life. Uh, I don't have any victory. Yes, you do. Listen, look, 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 look. It should be on the screen. You can write this down. Here's, here's how you do it. In the name of Jesus, who 
came in the flesh, I proclaim victory in my life over blank. In other words, in the name of Jesus who came in the flesh, God got me off drugs. God got me off pornography. God got me off stealing, stealing lying. God got me out of prison. Whatever it is, God got me through. You need to say that. You need to proclaim that. You need to know that. Here's why. Because God has brought you through so many miracles, so many obstacles. And when this spirit of fear starts saying you're going to be a failure, you say, hold up. Hold up. I heard, thank you. Say, hold up. Okay, let's just do our own Bible verse. Say, hold up. God has done amazing miracles in my life. What are you, what are you saying? You've been telling me this all my life that I'm a failure. That I'm going down. You've been telling me all my life that I should be scared. And it never happens. I, God gets me through. You remember in high school? I mean, I got to believe everybody. I got to believe, and maybe not so. But everybody had that moment in high school when you didn't have that date. You didn't have that friend. You got left out. And you felt like your life was over. Say amen if you know what I'm talking about. And it was like, you know, you're, you're, you're developing in a young person. You're trying to find your identity. You're trying to identify, who, realize, find out who you are. And you have to be this person's friend. You've got to go to this dance. And it was the end of the world. You've got to sit on your face right before prom. Personally, when I did my senior picture, I had this big zit right here. It was like a biblical boil. It was like that big. I mean, out of all my life, I, don't, I, I mean, I wasn't a zit-faced person, but every now and then I would get these big, gigantic, grape-sized zits, and it was right in the middle of my forehead. And I took my senior picture, and I, my sister, who was a makeup queen, I said, Debbie, you got to help me. And she put, like, cake makeup all on my head. I'm like, what? Are you serious right now? God said, you know what? It means nothing. You don't even know what that picture is. God has been victorious in your life. Do you even know it? You remember what God did in your life? I got to believe God, God in his, uh, says, says when he sees us worrying, going, really? Do you remember what I did yesterday? I saved your behind 20 times yesterday, and you don't even know it. You were texting on the freeway, looked up and forgot where you were. I've saved you so many times. And you're letting that devil intimidate you? And he has no power over you except what you give him? Stop. And he paralyzes you. I'm trying to get you to trust me to, so we can take over more kingdom of God, of the kingdom of the devil from him and, and turn over to the kingdom of God. And you're paralyzed with what might happen. Don't run from it. Go at him. Revelation chapter 12, it says, I heard a loud voice in the heaven saying, salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren, who, who, the devil, who, by the way, the devil's an accuser. You are nothing. You're a failure. You're ugly. You're dumb. That's the devil. And some of y'all are his voice. Because that's what you say about other people. If you ever hear someone say, let me be the devil's advocate, don't be the devil's advocate. Be God's advocate. And then it says, they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So when you are fearful, you say, devil, 
listen to this. I proclaim in the name of Jesus who came in the flesh that God delivered me from this, 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 this. That is a fact of life and you can't take that away from me. That's what you need to speak to. You need to speak that out loud. Everybody say with me. Say, everyone say, I proclaim. Say it out loud. Say, I proclaim. And by the way, I'm all about, you know, praying real nice and just kind of, oh, dear Lord. But I'm all about shouting too. Let me tell you something. When you get mad and your heart is broken, do you pray like this? Do you cry like this? <laughs> you know, that's like, I didn't get Haagen-Dazs. It wasn't, a, that's a Haagen-Dazs. I can't have ice cream in the night prayer. <laughs> but what happens when your mother dies? You wail, you scream. How bad, how bad do you want it? So let's say, I proclaim in the name of Jesus who came in the flesh victory over my life. And by the way, listen to the spirit of what I'm saying to you. You are proclaiming the victory that God has already given you. You are telling the devil what the God has already done in your life. Are you following me? That's point number one. What has God already done in your life? You need to remind yourself over and over and over. I can't, I could not come close to counting. But if, 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 if I have shared my testimony a million times, it wouldn't surprise me because that's part of most of my evangelistic talks is part of what God has done in my life. Why? Because that is my most powerful message. It's what God has done in my life. Can you share what God has done in your life? Do you know what God has done in your life? You need to be reminded that over and over and over. And and this is very important. This is very important. Number two. And number two, proclaim the promises of God. In your notes, proclaim the promises of God. In other words, you're going to proclaim what God has already done, and then you're going to proclaim what God is going to do. Why is this important? You're in this fearful situation. You have to confront the situation that the devil, the accuser, is saying all this garbage in your head about how horrible it's going to be. You're like, no, 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 no. God has saved me and God will save me. God has delivered me and God will deliver me. God is with me and he will never leave me. Are you following what I'm saying? And you go after it. You don't run from it. You don't duck from it. You don't kind of, no. And and is it uncomfortable? Yes. The devil is so uncomfortable. Fighting him is so uncomfortable, but it's so victorious. And by the way, right before, it, right before you have victory, it's going to get the worst. Anytime there's an exorcism, which I've seen a few, there are many people walking around demonized that you interact with every day, but you just don't know it. They're subtle. They're very manipulative. They're liars. They're passive aggressive. There's just something sneaky, evil. You just can't put your finger on it, but you just feel like slapping it. Can I get amen? amen. And, and, and they just, they just lie. And it's like a, a, you know, a lie always has a little bit of truth and they lie just, they're masters at lying because the devil's the father of lies. They lie just enough. Yeah, I can't, how do I get that? And it's so irritating. If you were to exercise that demon right before that demon comes out, and you call it out in the name of Jesus and rebuke you, you lying spirit. Right before it comes out, that person will start to act out. Ah, ah, trying to intimidate you away 
That's what that's all about. If you've seen the Exodus movies and the, the, the demons, ah, you know, it's, it's TV. But however, it's actually true because the devil is trying to scare you away so you don't exercise it out. What's the point? Is that right before when you're confronting your fear, right before you overcome it, it's going to be the worst. So you have to keep walking, saying, I, I proclaim the victory of Jesus in my life. I proclaim he got me off drugs. I proclaim he got me off depression. I proclaim he got me through my hard times. I proclaim he paid my bills when I had no money. I proclaim that he encouraged me when I was discouraged. You keep saying that, saying it. I'm coming after you, devil. I'm coming after you. And you go at him. Can I get amen? Number two, you proclaim the victory of the past and you proclaim the promises of God of the future. And it says, in the name of Jesus, I, and who came in the flesh, I proclaim his faithfulness. Let's say that out loud. Say, in the name of Jesus, who came in the flesh, I proclaim the faithfulness of God. Two things. Devil, let's go. I proclaim the victory of God. I proclaim the faithfulness of God. God will never, never ever break his promise to me. Every single one of you, I want you to think, we're going to end here in about five, seven minutes. I want you to think of your issue, your problem, the thing you have to confront. And you may not have come in here thinking, I got to deal with it because you are so accustomed to having that problem. You just leave it, leave it. No, 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 go get it. We challenged the men yesterday in the men's conference. Look, how many of y'all got something you need to deal with in your life? And all raise their hand because we all got something. The aisles are full, go get it. Whatever it is, just, and if, if, if there's nothing like glaring in your life, just pick one thing that you want God to change in your life and say, I'm going after that one thing. And know that the devil does not want you to deal with that one thing. Pick out the thing that makes you feel uncomfortable. And then you do two things. You proclaim the victory of God in your life in the past. That's your strength. That's your encouragement. That's your evidence that God is real. How do I know God is real? He changed my life. That's how I know. I don't know about, you can say all you want about Jesus. You can say all about this. It's a call. All I know, I was blind, now I see. I was doing this, now I don't. I was feeling this, now I was lost, now I found. You have to know that. And so you proclaim that. And then you say, I know God is faithful because he's done it in the past. He's going to do it in the future and he'll never leave me or forsake me. So based on those two things, I'm going after this one thing. Jesus, show up. This is what you have to do. You can't be just passively going, oh, just make it easy for me. Stop. Can you imagine Jesus? Oh, I don't want to go to the cross. By the way, he did say, is there any other way? And the father said, no. Here's what he was saying. He was sweating blood. Lord, I can't do this. Father, this is going to be so hard. However, not my will, your will. Can you imagine if he said, "Mm, I'm not feeling like crucifixion today. I'm not feeling like nails in my hands and feet today. I ain't feeling getting betrayed and denied and beat and spit on and mocked. I'm not feeling that. So y'all are on your own. Can you imagine that? Let me read a little passage to you that I never got to. But this is the story of David and Goliath. And I just want to read something. David's a, Goliath. David's a young boy, teenager, who's going to fight a giant who's nine feet, nine inches tall. Goliath has been a man of war since he was a kid. David's a little shepherd. And David comes out to the battlefield and he's going to fight Goliath. And he does exactly what I said we're going to do. He proclaimed the victory of God in his life in the past. And he also proclaimed the promises of God in his life. My challenge to you is as you're, as you're praying tonight, pray, by the way, today. When you get in your car, before you drive off, you get on the bus, before you go, pray. And you name that one thing. You say, God, devil, 
God has been victorious in my life before, and this is nothing. Let's read this. 1 Samuel chapter 17. If you could turn there real quick. 1 Samuel 17. It says, verse 34. David's going to go fight the, fight the giant. The king said, you can't. You're too small. And here's what he said. Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. By the way, he was keeping sheep that day. And when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it, struck it, and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. K-I-L-T. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Look what he said. Are you all following what I'm saying? Here's what God has done in my life. I killed a lion and a bear with my hands. What lion and bear has he got to kill in your life? You need to think about this. You cannot forget the miracles of God in your life. And then it says, verse 17, this is, this is, this is where he does both these things. He says more, more plainly, moreover David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, the Lord who delivered me past tense, the Lord who delivered me. Everyone say the Lord who delivered me. Come on now, say the Lord who delivered me. From the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. That's past tense. He proclaimed the victory regarding his life. He will future deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And the Lord said, so said go ahead. He said, look, the Lord who delivered me, he will deliver me. You know that God who saved you did not save you to be unsaved. He did not deliver you to be undelivered. He did not come into your life to let you drown. He came into your life to save your life. And if he is for you, who can be against you? And so in your fear, in your fear, or whatever your fear is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how. And by the way, the more incredibly impossible it is, the more it's a God thing that he's going to save you. And so whatever it is, you say, Lord, here's my problem. I'm bringing it to you. Here it is. Bam, 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 bam. What are you going to do with that? He says, Young man, I already know all that. Don't you think I know all that? I've been waiting for you to give it to me. Let's talk a little bit. Tell me what I've done in your life. Certainly you know some of the things I've done in your life. You need to remember how powerful I am. This is God talking to you. You need to remember how faithful I am. You need to remember how I always came through on time and never left you hanging. Do you believe that? Do you remember that? Let's go through. Let's start at your birth. Let's start how you grew up. Let's start the times I supported your parents and and fed you when you didn't even know there was no food and no money in their bank. When you were in high school, junior high, college, and you had no money, you people were betraying you, people were coming after you, you were heartbroken, you were suicidal, you were depressed, you were addicted, and I got you through all of that. You don't remember that? And so, so, so tell me, why is this any different? Tell me, why is this any different? And if I did that 50,000 times that you don't even know about, and you don't give me any credit for, and you keep giving credit to the devil who keeps whispering lies in your head, are you going to trust me this time? You tell him that, and you tell the devil that, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you out of my life. In Jesus' name, 
You have no authority in my life. In Jesus' name, I have all authority in heaven and earth accessible to me because my Savior died and rose from the dead and seated at the right hand of the Father and I'm coming after all the obstacles in my life. And if God was faithful then, he's going to be faithful now. Can I get an amen? Here's what I want all y'all doing all the campuses. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to listen very carefully to my prayer in all the campuses because there are a lot of you in here. You need to face something today. You need to confront something today. And you need to confront it publicly. I'm going to lead you in a prayer in all the campuses. Juvenile Hall, Donovan State Prison. And it's a prayer of proclaiming victory in your life. That you are going to confront something in your life today. And you are looking in the eye and deal with it in a way that honors your Lord and Savior. For some of you, that means salvation. You've been blaming God and blaming everybody else, but you need to... Take responsibility for the fact that you have not given your life to Christ. And then there's some of you giving your life to Christ and you're still complaining. And you need to take responsibility for your life and say, I am going to do what God calls me to do. And I'm just going to trust him. I'm just going to trust him. So I want you to pray this prayer with me, whoever you are. And then I'm going to ask you to stand up and then I'm going to ask you to come forward. Yes. Whether you're saved or not saved, doesn't matter what you're coming for. But let's deal with this spirit of fear. And intimidation. Walk in victory and courage and strength. So pray this prayer with me. If you're ready to confront your fear, that obstacle in your life, that challenge that's coming, that hard decision you need to make, pray this in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I trust you. I had so much victory in my life. You've been so good to me. So patient with me. I surrender my fear to you. I surrender my sin to you. I believe that you died and rose from the dead. And it's in your name that I proclaim victory in the past. I also proclaim in the name of Jesus who died and rose from the dead your faithfulness for the future the faithfulness of your promises that you will never leave me or forsake me that you will indeed forgive me cleanse me of unrighteousness I proclaim my faith in your promises. Thank you, God. 